All right, Jeremy, I think I did it. We're good. Brothers and sisters, before I do speak at some length to the children, uh, let me just point out to all of us, it should be of great significance that Paul, in a letter to a congregation, pauses at a moment like this and speaks to the children. Let's appreciate the significance of the fact that he has something to say to them. Apparently, as he begins the letter, and as he says, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, apparently, that includes the children. Saints, it's a covenant term. It means those set apart, those holy or set apart from the world and the children of the congregations of the Lord Jesus Christ are just as much set apart from the world as the oldest members of that church. So, children, though it's true, there may be things in worship from Sunday to Sunday that you don't fully understand. Does that ever happen? A few things? Maybe a, more than a few things that are hard to understand in what we do here on Sundays, though that may be the case, what we're doing is something that you have just as much a place in and a right to as any of the rest of us, and God wants to hear from you as children in the church, in His worship, and He also wants to speak to you. So I'm going to seek to be his way of speaking to you tonight. Uh, I'm going to be talking about, first of all, the calling. I'll tell you what that means. The calling of Christian kids. And then we'll talk about the reason God gives you for living up to this calling. And then we're going to end by just remembering who it is that calls Christian kids to live this way. All right, first the calling of Christian kids. When I talk about calling children, I have in mind the fact that not only has God given you a lot when He puts you in the home that He's placed you in, He's also asked a lot of you. God asks a lot of Christian kids. We're looking today at the things that He's asked of you in relation to your parents. So you have and have from the time you can remember, probably, a relationship with mom, a relationship with dad, and God has certain things he asks of you in your relationship with mom and dad. And you could boil it all down to two things, and they're right there in the text. He asks Christian kids to obey their parents, and he asks Christian kids to honor their parents. Let me look with you at what those two things involve. First, he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Have you ever wondered, why is it that mom and dad can tell me what to do? Is it because they're bigger than me? Is that why they can tell me what to do? Is it because they're just older and older people get to tell younger people what to do? Actually, those aren't the reasons. 
Kids, that's not the reason why mom and dad can tell you what to do and you have to obey. It has nothing to do with those things. In fact, the only reason any person in the world can tell another person what to do is because God gives that person in certain relationships the right to do that. We call that kind of relationship that God ordains where one person can tell another person what to do. We call that kid's authority. We've been talking a little bit about that with your parents this weekend. Obedience, then, is given to parents if you're a Christian kid because God has made it such that they have authority over you. You probably knew this. Did you also know that obedience looks like many different things? Uh, Obedience, when you're very little, uh, might mean uh, doing something as simple as, oh, I don't know, going to the bathroom. Because sometimes mom has to say, go to the bathroom. It's obvious you need to go to the bathroom, so go to the bathroom. My mom had to tell me that when I was little. Go to the bathroom. They don't have to tell that to you when you're 16 or 20, do they? You're so not in need to be told that. But through the whole of your life under your parents, obedience looks like this. In all of its manifestations, obedience looks like saying to dad or saying to mom, Yes, I will. In my family, uh, I don't know if this is as um, common as it used to be, but in my family, it was yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. That was the response to a mom or dad saying, do this or do that. And children, I'm sure your parents have pointed out to you that Obedience, in order to be the full thing that God wants, it needs to be something that's not slow, not sad, not halfway, <laughs> because we all, we, we all can sort of nibble away at the edges of our obedience and just give partial obedience. The Proverbs talks about this a lot, and speaks about not only obedience, but having a, what obedience begins to look like the older you get children, is not just saying yes, or maybe even yes ma'am, yes sir, when they tell you to do something, but obedience actually matures, it becomes even bigger when you're an older son or daughter, and that looks like listening and learning from your parents. Wanting them to tell you, what's the best way to live, Dad? What's the best thing to decide, Mom? Actually having a desire uh, to learn from them. Proverbs 23 says, listen to your father who gave you life. and Do not despise your mother when she is old. Uh, So, obedience is the first part of God's calling for children, 
and its obedience that actually goes all the way into your heart to the question that you can actually ask yourself again and again even when mom and dad are not there. I know my dad pretty well. I know my mom pretty well. What would he want me to do in this situation? What would he, she want me to do in this situation? The other day I was talking to my son and uh, he was telling me about something that was uh, happening among his friends and he had an idea, or rather one of his buddies had an idea you know what? Actually, it might have been him that had the idea, as I think about it. And it was to do something crazy. Yeah, it was probably his idea. It was to do something crazy. Fun, really fun, but maybe a little bit dangerous and, and kind of crazy. He was telling me about it. And he said, yeah, Dad, I thought about it. We talked about it. And then I realized, you wouldn't want me to do that. So I just said, sorry, guys, we shouldn't do this. <laughs> But you know what that did, kids? It pleased me very much that even when I wasn't there, I was a long way away from him. He thought to himself, what would my dad think about this? What would my dad want me to do? Because obedience is not just saying, sir, yes, sir, when dad says to do something. Obedience looks like shaping your own actions to be in conformity with what you know mom and dad would want in their wisdom for you. So, of all the things that God wants for you, if you're a Christian kid, start here. Obedience. Let's look at the second thing of this high calling of Christian kids. It's found in, in verse 2, and it's a very familiar passage. It's in quotes in your Bible, probably. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Uh, Paul the Apostle, there in the New Testament, guys, is quoting from the Old Testament, one of the most familiar places in the Old Testament. He's quoting from the Ten Commandments. Do you remember which commandment? Of the Ten Commandments, you get one all to yourself. Sort of. Do you remember which one? It's number five, kids. That's the one. Commandment number five. Honor your father and your mother. Now, this word <clears throat> honor in the Bible is really quite a strong word. I shared earlier this weekend the same word in the Old Testament that's used in the fifth commandment for what children are to show their parents honor is a word that's used to describe what we are all to show God. 1 Samuel 2, verse 30, now the Lord declares, far be it from me for those who honor me. I will honor. And those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. God calls for this honor for himself. And then he says, children, he says, I want you to honor your parents. And he uses the same word for the honor we're to give him. So, what does that look like 
when we honor our parents? Well, kids, it mean, it's, we'll start this way. It means that we don't think of ourselves as equals with our mom and dad. Like we could talk to them and relate to them like they're just one of our friends. I see this, especially as kids get older. They might be getting as tall as their parents. Oh, they might even be taller than their parents. Because that young man or that young woman is now looking eye to eye with mom and dad. They begin to relate to them like they're equals. But that's not what honor is. Honor recognizes something about someone else that is over you, that is higher than you. Your mom and dad aren't more human than you are. And they're equal with you in terms of uh, your standing before the Lord as redeemed sinners, but God has placed them over you in authority. And honor looks like in all the ways you speak to them and relate to them, recognizing that they are over you. That means that honor is an attitude. Or some of us sometimes shorten it, it's a tude. Honor is an attitude. The way you pay attention when your parents are speaking to you, children, that shows honor or it shows dishonor. The way that you defer to them, which is to say you make a way for them to take the initiative, certain situations, if they're talking, for example, you don't interrupt. And when they speak to you about something in your life, you say, I will listen carefully to what you say. Uh, honor certainly has everything to do, children, with the way you talk about your parents when they're not around. That has everything to do with if you speak of them with respect, if you speak highly of them. People in your life who are in authority over you, your parents, so they're just the first of many in your life, God calls you to honor. So uh, this is the high calling of Christian kids. It's, it looks like obedience. It looks like honor. And I've just been reminding you this evening of what that calling is. Now let's look at the reason for living up to this calling. Sometimes, kids, you ask your mom and dad, to tell you the reason why they're telling you to do something, and that can be appropriate, and they often are willing to share with you the reason they're telling you to do something. God also often will do that. He'll tell us the reasons uh, why He's telling us to act a certain way, and He does that in this passage. He gives two reasons. The first one is really, really simple. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's fairly simple. There's, um, it's as if he's saying it, it, it is so obviously right, and it would be wrong for you not to do this. 
Um, I think, I agree with someone named John Stott who comments on this passage, I think that what he's doing is that he's saying even the people of this world, even people of other cultures, and even people of other religions would at least acknowledge this, that it's right for children to obey their parents. This is something that's so obviously right that people who aren't even Christians acknowledge this. Ancient Greeks and Romans, uh, Chinese and Japanese from ancient times recognize that children owe their parents obedience. So there are certain things that should be obvious to everyone as right or wrong. It's wrong for parents to be cruel to their children. Everyone knows this. And it's right for children to obey their parents. I, uh, I made an appeal to something that's much broader uh, than just the covenant community, but even that basic no nonsense observation, it's actually being lost in this upside-down time in which we live, isn't it? Children can find that uh, they live in a season, a time in which uh, it's not as obvious. The Word of God makes it clear. It's right. That's one. Number two, why should you honor and obey your parents? Well, this is, the, this is my favorite reason. It brings reward. Look again at what the Apostle says. Verse 2 Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That's Paul adding a little comment. Then he continues to quote from the fifth commandment that it may be, sorry, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Paul is doing something rather interesting here. There's this one particular commandment that comes with not just the This is how you're to live from God himself, but also gives an explanation for why he's telling them this, because he is determined to bring certain rewards to those who obey this commandment. In Deuteronomy 5, which is another rendering of the Ten Commandments, it, uh, it goes this way, so you may live long and that it may go well with you. In the land the Lord your God is giving you. Uh, kids, you might say it this way. Honoring your mom and dad, obeying your mom and dad, is a very healthy thing to do. It may not seem like it in the moment, but God is intent on rewarding obedient children with good things, even in this Life. This isn't a guarantee that you'll live to be a certain length of age. Calvin says it's not an infallible law, but it is laying down God's normal way of rewarding faithful children. And it's not just found here in, in the Ten Commandments. Proverbs chapter 4 says, hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many 
Children, this is how I want you to think about it. However long you live, what's happening right now between you and your parents, the relationship you have with them, and the question of whether you honor and obey them is setting a course for the rest of your life. And that course will, in the long run, bring great happiness and blessing. God's Word says, if you honor and obey your parents. And it also says the opposite. It also speaks about the flip side of this in actually some pretty severe language. One of the fathers, the Puritan fathers, says it's the first commandment with promise. It's also the first commandment with judgment. And he's thinking of other Proverbs, like Proverbs 20, verse 20. Uh, children, this one is almost too old for you, but not quite. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in other darkness. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. That's in the Bible. What's it trying to say? It's trying to say the opposite of what the fifth commandment says, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God gives you. It's trying to say that whether it's sudden calamity or, or a life that eventually brings about violence and a gruesome end, Solomon in Proverbs is saying that the child who grows up doing the opposite of honoring, mocking father and mother, the child who come under the judgment of God. So both in the reward and in the punishment, God is giving Christian kids a good reason to honor their father and their mother. Uh, just a note to parents, just to remind you, this is why securing that honor and obedience in your, through your parenting is so vitally important, not just for your comfort, not just so that you can be lords in your house and have a bunch of serfs on your property. It's because their hearts and their lives are at stake. This is the number one priority of parents as they parent their children to have in their hearts a, a yieldedness to ultimately the Lord and His authority in their life. So we've looked at the high calling of Christian kids and then we looked at the reason to live up to that high calling and let me come back as I conclude by remembering who it is that gives Christian kids this calling. Children, I know I'm taking a lot of your attention, so I'll wrap up soon. Listen one more time as I read the Bible, what Paul says to you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Who's he talking about? In the Lord. 
When the Apostle Paul uses that expression, it's a shortened version of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about obeying your parents in Jesus, which is another way of saying, children, this is not always easy. Matter of fact, there's a lot that's hard about honoring and obeying your parents, but he's saying do this for Jesus' sake. Do it because you love Jesus. You're submitting to your mom and dad. You're honoring your mom and dad. But as you do it, you're doing it because ultimately you love Jesus, that the one they love as well. It's interesting that Paul would speak of this, and he does it in other authority relationships in this letter. It's interesting that he would bring Jesus up when he's thinking about submission to a person in your life. Kids, it's not easy to honor and obey. Paul knows that's true. You have parents who are sinful. But Paul says, as you submit yourself to your mom and dad, do it for the sake of Jesus. Notice, the one who himself submitted himself to the Father in heaven. Is that helpful to you? Is that encouraging to you? You're submitting to parents for the sake, because you love, someone who he himself lived a life in submission to his Father in heaven. His Father was perfect, unlike your Father here on earth, but his Father asked him to do something very hard, didn't he, children? Jesus' Father asked him to die for something he didn't do. And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. That's a way of saying, kids, I live to obey my Father, even though He calls me to ask, He asks me to do something that hard. So, children, if it's our Lord Jesus, honor for His Father and obedience for His, fa- His Father, if it's Jesus' honor and obedience for His Father that are the reason we're here, the reason we're saved, the reason we're in God's family, then when he says to us, for my sake, honor your father and your mother. Obey your parents. It's pretty hard to refuse, isn't it? It's pretty hard to refuse. Indeed, we're serving our Lord Jesus when we honor and obey our parents. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and seek his blessing. All of us, not just the children of this congregation, come, O Lord, eager for you to work this grace in a whole generation of young Christians. This congregation, 
in all the congregations of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church where Christian parents are faithfully striving to raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord and beyond, especially as we see so much that is distressing of rebellion against all authority. We pray that you would give the grace for young Christians in our day to live up to their high calling and for Jesus' sake honor and obey those who are serving you as their father and mother. We are so thankful for all that we've enjoyed this weekend and all that we continue to savor of fellowship and Bible instruction. And as we go into this new week, we pray that it will bear its rich fruit in our lives. We thank you for loving us, our dear Heavenly Father. We come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let us sing from our Trinity hymnals what may well be my favorite of all the hymns in this hymnal. It's number 91. It's one we sing often at Resurrection Presbyterian Church in Matthews, North Carolina, as we are concluding on a Sunday night. It's a prayer. It's a prayer by no less than Martin Luther. And as he prays, uh, it is a fitting expression of our own desire uh, for God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, to do a great work in the earth and even through us. Let's stand together. Let's sing uh, number 91, Lord, keep us steadfast in thy word. <laughs> 